0: Listen Fast, Listen First delivers real-time, authentic stories told by successful Connecticut business owners
1: and community leaders. You'll hear pivotal moments of risk-taking, failure, adaptability, and resilience that all lead to success. And now, the host of Listen Fast, Listen First, Alex Horton.
0: Our next guest is Jeff Weiser, President and CEO of Goodwill of Western and Northern Connecticut. Jeff oversees 21 stores, seven donation centers, and 1,000 employees that serve 104 towns in Connecticut. Prior to joining the nonprofit world, Jeff was a successful banking exec for 35 years in both the U.S. and globally. In parallel to his professional accomplishments, his strong community roots and decades-long involvement in outreach programs at his local church made him an active participant in nonprofit programs. So... When Jeff was approached in 2010 to jump full time into nonprofit leadership at Homes with Hope as president and CEO, he eagerly left the banking world behind to write a second chapter in his career. Jeff then led Homes with Hope for 10 years prior to retiring. And his retirement lasted approximately five minutes before he was approached to leave good, lead Goodwill. Welcome to Listen Fast, Listen First, Jeff. Thank you, Alex. I'm glad you're here. It's
1: great to be here.
0: So what was it about Goodwill that uh, ended your retirement prematurely? Well, I
1: was fully retired actually for about two weeks and uh, had turned it over, transitioned to a great new leader, which is very satisfying for any uh, retiring uh, chief executive of not-for-profit. And I had lunch with a friend who said they were looking for an interim uh, had been looking for an interim CEO for some time, and would I be interested, and I talked to a couple people, and within days, I, I had a new thing to do, which was uh, very welcome. It, it combined a lot of things I'd done in the past with a few new things to learn and, and understand, and it's been a, a really good experience.
0: So what was it like, take me back a few years, what was it like transitioning from uh, you know, a banking exec to the nonprofit space? Um, well, uh,
1: without without making it sound too mercenary, I mean, every not-for-profit is a business. So to, for a good not-for-profit to run and responsibly steward the funds that they ask for all the time, it's got to be run like a business, but it's also got to be run with a lot more compassion than businesses are run with. Um, so... A lot of the principles apply, but uh, there's a lot more to it in terms of working with people who have some different motivations, some many of the same motivations, but it's a much more, I think, um, hands-on, uh, sensitive sort of uh, management to, to go with.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, what, what you're saying about uh, empathy and, and running a nonprofit. There's probably a lot of good lessons that uh, traditional corporate could take from non, the Absolutely. nonprofit world, right? Absolutely. Uh, how do you find that that you know working with staff in the nonprofit is, is different than working with staff in in a traditional corporate? Well, to your
1: point, it really shouldn't be terribly different. You should have a lot of the same things. It's just that in some cases, in perhaps in the for-profit world, you can be a lot more um, Uh, or or a lot lot less sensitive to the needs of people and the understanding of what makes them tick. And it's perhaps a bit more, um, uh, I guess just by nature of the way things run, it has to be a little bit more cutthroat.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. And I, and I appreciate your, you know, a very honest answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so if uh, you know, and I'd like to say this, I've known Jeff for seven or eight years and I met, Jeff through a homeless shelter, uh, where I was doing just a little volunteer work and I hadn't volunteered much in my life, but Jeff kind of took me under his wing. He, he introduced me to the r- local rotary and, uh, and I really am, I, I've got, I've got a chance to be around Jeff, uh, in action and, uh, Goodwill is absolutely fortunate to have this guy at the helm. Um, no question about it. Um, so, You're too uh, kind. oh, no, no it's, it's very true. So, um, what, what would be two, maybe three pieces of advice you'd give to a, a budding nonprofit exec?
1: Um, let's see. To a non... to a, uh,
0: um, Yeah, somebody who wants to get going, you know, who who's always wanted to lead, you know, a nonprofit. Um, something that when you look back, it's, man, I wish I knew this or... or
1: uh, I stammered a little bit because they're really... Uh, there are two two constituencies there there's the one who is the junior exec in a not for profit and there is someone in the for profit world who wants to transition yeah. to the to the to the not for profit world and for the latter which is more my experience i would say don't just if if you're young and you're involved in your career don't just be involved in your career get volunteer get involved in you know, the, the, uh, every not-for-profit needs board members. They need smart people. They need people to get involved. They need volunteers. Get involved. Pick pick something that you're interested in and just start getting into that not-for-profit. Get to know them. Have them get to know you. Get involved. And then when, when it comes time to end your career, you end up with just unbelievable opportunities. I was involved in Homes with Hope, from way back when on the board and chair of the board for a while, then back on the board. And uh, when it came time to to look up for that second chapter, there was this organization that just happened and it, it was supposed to happen. And that was supposed to happen because I'd spent 20 years getting used to the organization and volunteering in the local community. So my first th- first thought is, if you're young, working on your career, becoming a, a budding executive, volunteer. Get involved in your town. Get involved locally. And uh, it pays huge rewards. Um, if if you're a young executive in an organization, be creative. Don't ever say, well, this is the way we've always done it. Always look for something new to do, something some new way to do things and improve on what you're doing. And I think those are the two different kind of... Uh, Folks that that I would love to speak to.
0: I love that answer. I appreciate you kind of breaking that down uh, for me. I, I'm I've been fascinated with the nonprofit world because it's uh, you've got a and bunch- you too have been very involved. Oh. I might say, but again, it's it's, it's guys like you who. Uh, who are welcoming and, you know, want to mentor, you know, uh, people. So, and, and to your point, you know, there are plenty of organizations out there who need help. So Boy, are there ever. So if you ever wanted to volunteer, uh, especially coming out of COVID, uh, a lot of these nonprofits are in, uh, they're, they're they're hurting. So um, they, they could use your help. So Absolutely. I appreciate that, Jeff. So take talk to me about goodwill, uh, the mission, Some maybe some of the challenges you face. Obviously, we're just coming through COVID and, Talk to me about Goodwill.
1: Well, three weeks after I joined as interim CEO last February, we had to close 21 stores. We furloughed 500 people uh, because we, all the stores were closing. The retail staff was closing. They all went on unemployment. We had zero revenues for two and a half months. So last year, my year as interim CEO was an absolute bust. It was just <laughs> terrible uh, because retail, we weren't a, uh, an essential retail operation Though I think as we go along and people find their, their, um, penny, their penny pitching more, uh, they need to shop at places like Goodwill, and we're recovering pretty well. We've gotten all our employees back uh, who, who wanted to come back, and that's nearly 500. All the stores are open. So that was a real, uh, a real challenge in terms – and, and that really took over. The, initially, the challenge was to kind of bring the team together – get everybody uh, working more together as a team and reduce a net loss that we had had for the last couple of years. That sort of went out the window with COVID when we just uh, got into a survival mode. And And it's important that we get into a survival mode because all the profits from Goodwill go to run our, our career centers, which uh, provide career opportunities and career advice and resume building and, um, printing of through all our uh, devices. Um, We provide all those services free of charge to anyone who comes to one of our seven career centers throughout western and northern Connecticut and they serve thousands of people a year and really we're now our job is to get Connecticut back to work and so we're visiting with a lot of people who come to see us make an appointment either virtually which we kept going throughout the pandemic Uh, and there weren't many people who were providing that service. Um, So we've we've been continuing to help people find jobs. So the goal of Goodwill is really to help people help themselves and and get them back to work, get them with a sense of responsibility and independence, and and we um, provide those services to thousands of people every year. The other big thing that's underappreciated for Goodwill, which has been uh, an interesting sidelight is the uh, the operation which recycles so many goods. You know, we get donated tons of stuff, obviously, and so many of your listeners will have donated to Goodwill. Thank you, thank you. Um, but a lot of that stuff goes for sale. It doesn't sell for a month. And what do we do with it? Well, we could send it to the dump, but we have a very well-developed salvage operation which gets all those different pieces to different parts of uh, the the supply chain, and get them back into action. So two years ago, we saved 21 million pounds of things, clothing, TVs, all kinds of stuff from going to the garbage, from going to landfills and getting recycled.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, I, I do think that uh, my disconnect um, has always been, I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, if you looked in my glove compartment, you'd see about 20 Goodwill <laughs> receipts. Okay. I went through a move and uh man you know i i kept pulling up the goodwill and and they were great and um but but the employment aspect i don't think everybody you know who uh drops stuff off at goodwill or shops at goodwill re- realizes what a important employer you are in this state absolutely so so is it safe to say you're hiring right now
1: oh absolutely okay. we're we're hiring very regularly we have um uh, it's, it's actually interesting. We're, we're um, always hiring for the retail stores, for our human services capabilities. Um, and we're just at about 1,000 employees and about 20% of those have some sort of disability. Everybody is paid at least minimum wage. And, um, and of the an interesting point, as minimum wage goes up a dollar a year, uh, which we're totally in favor of. We're getting up to uh, $15 in the next three years. We have about 866,000 hours per year of employees who work at minimum wage. So every time the minimum wage goes up a dollar, it costs our bottom line $866,000, and that is just a huge expense to us. But it keeps a thousand people employed in Connecticut. Doing jobs, building resumes, building careers, and moving on to the next step, whatever that may be, or working up the goodwill chain, which is what we really like to see happen.
0: That's great. Uh, that's that is great. I'm, I'm uh, you know, that that's a big takeaway from me, and I appreciate you uh, talking about that. So, in your um, nonprofit experience, uh, fundraisers have been really important to a lot of the nonprofits that I've worked with, and obviously, COVID kind of. Um put a a, you know, a damper on on some of the the larger signature events, but I know you've been very successful over the years in running uh, signature events where you, you get an audience to come and and obviously uh, you're looking to to fundraise. Talk to me a bit about maybe maybe uh, your your highlight as a uh, uh, leading a, a signature event.
1: Well, at Home Soap we had stand up for Home Hope, which every year is a wonderful comedy event. Every year it's different because every year it's a different comedian. Um, it was uh, a, a great fun thing to drive into New York one day and pick up Martin Short to drive him out to his night and watch him rehearse for like three hours before the performance. He is a wonderful, true professional. I mean, those sorts of things are really fun, and and they made they made for great fun for the supporters of Home Soap and those supporters responded very very positively. At Goodwill, we're not so much a fundraiser. We love receiving monetary donations, but what we really need people to do is clean out their closets and take things to Goodwill, and we turn those into cash, and that cash is what supports all of our human service and our career uh, enterprises. But um, it's th- th- at Goodwill, where we can get donations, that- that's a very positive thing. Uh, at other most not-for-profits, it's very much a cash sort of thing, and right. so right. Um, those are two great ways to to help out organizations.
0: Managing staff during during COVID, you know, changing gears a little. What, what were some maybe an unexpected uh, outcome of, of uh, the COVID situation and in leading your team over?
1: So for the first couple weeks of Goodwill, we had one-on-one meetings and lots of meetings in my office, meeting a lot of people, and then we closed down. We couldn't go into headquarters, we couldn't go into our offices, we couldn't really get to stores for two and a half months, so I really couldn't meet a lot of people. But starting with COVID, uh, we had our, I call it our Hollywood Square Zoom calls. It turned out there were nine people on the executive team, and we met every day. And we have continued to meet every day on Zoom uh, since March uh, 20th of last year. And uh, it's been really the silver lining in COVID because uh, whereas the uh, a goal early on was to bring the team together, get everybody to understand really the pressures of everybody else in the organization, of their other uh, peers and, uh, and how what they did affected other areas of the organization – By doing the Zoom call every day, we talked about issues and kind of wandered all over the place, but we talked about issues that were important to one person, and we realized that they were important to everybody else, too, that, you know, something in retail really affected human services or really affected IT or really affected HR, And, and everybody, I think, has a much better understanding of the pressures that everybody's facing and how the impact of one is the impact on the whole organization. And to me, that has been a real blessing. And I don't know what we would have done without Zoom or, or Teams or right. those, those platforms. It's been really um, in some ways easier than face-to-face, but of course the face-to-face is just so important. And now that we're getting back into it a little bit, it's really been very helpful.
0: So a little technical questions on Zoom. You've got nine or 10 people that meet on a daily basis. Do you require them to be seen uh, versus being kind of having their screen <laughs> blacked out?
1: Uh, in our daily calls, it's never come up because they're always seen. Okay. Yep. And, and and we've not had to require it. If we had a requirement, I absolutely would require it. I can't believe I've had some uh, sales calls from vendors coming into Goodwill and the salesmen and women aren't don't show their face. And I think how how can that how can you do that? That's just crazy. So right. you've hit my button there, Alex. I didn't realize you were going to ask that, but that really makes me mad.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, no, it, I, I think what happened, Jeff. It, it, my own experience was I started off with Zoom, on Zoom with everybody else, and all the guys, you know grew a beard and people were in pajamas and their screens were blacked <laughs> out, but that lasted for maybe two months. And then everybody realized, well, this is a new format and it's, it's legitimate. And I th- and to your point, it's, it's made our business so much more efficient and effective. And there's nothing like the human touch, the human connection. Um, but, um, and I, I think everybody would agree with that. Um, uh, but the zoom thing really has helped a lot of businesses who've embraced it. You know? yep. uh, so that uh, kudos to you. That's great for leading that charge. Uh, so, um so as far as goodwill, you, you mentioned what you need right now is uh, people to donate clothes. Is there anything else that, that you know, thinking of uh, our audience, uh, how else can people help out?
1: Well, shop in the stores. Yep. Uh, certainly donate and shop are, are the two big things, of course. Um, and it is fun how people, when they hear what I'm doing now, they come up to me and kind of quietly admit that they do shop at goodwill <laughs> stores because – uh, it has some sort of reputation as being um, uh, not a great place to shop. It is a great place. The things you find in there are just unbelievable. So it's good to shop there. It's good to donate there. It is um, really helpful for for all the companies out there to hire the people that we send your way, okay. or to or to ask us for for people who are looking for jobs because we meet with a lot of people who are looking for jobs. One interesting thing we're doing uh, in April, typically we're, we're looking for donations of goods, we're looking for people to come shop. One of the industries that has been most important to us is the restaurant industry. We place a lot of people in the restaurant industry. They're very welcoming to goodwill hires. And of course, they've been so beaten up this past year and are just so on the ropes that we are reaching out back to them and we're, we're doing a promotion that for um, we're giving for every 5,000. In 21 stores, we get a lot of donations. And for every 5,000 cars that come in, uh, and typically we get maybe up to 100,000 donations a month. Uh, for every 5,000 donations, we're giving $1,000 to the Restaurant Industry Relief Fund in Connecticut to help them help restaurants. Um, and, and so it's our way of, of just giving back something to the restaurant industry, which has been so good to us. So that's uh, just an interesting thing. So donating in April is particularly useful. It happens to be spring cleaning month, so we do get a lot of donations, so we're hoping to really provide the restaurant industry with a lot of funding. But really, those two things, donating and shopping, come into a Goodwill store. I think you'll be surprised.
0: Great, and yeah, I had no idea about the restaurant connection, and I will, I will uh, absolutely. Uh, I've got a, a great restaurant owner coming in next week for an interview, and we will definitely circulate that for, from our end. Great, that's why I great. love what I do. Uh, great, yeah, that right there. Um, all right, so wh- what are you most excited about that, that that's coming up? Uh, either it's uh, through Goodwill or, or something else.
1: Um, well. I mean, goodwill is kind of a, a surprise a day, and and lately it's been pretty good surprises because the stores are open. It's spring, the weather's good, people are shopping, and the, and the shopping's been pretty good. We have a new, I mean, this is what I get excited about these days. We have a new point of sale uh, system going in through the whole store, so we're going to know a whole lot more about what we're doing, and we're modernizing the stores. We're we've had a consultant go in and look at the stores and see if we can clean things up a little bit. Uh, we're doing that. So so. Um, I'd say it's a really uh, optimistic time for for goodwill. Uh, It's a real fun time for me. Um, I think things are happening, and it's good to see after a year of lockdown, which I think we're all coming out of it, and we're all pretty excited to be coming out of it. And I hope everybody else is feeling the same way.
0: Uh, I am. (laughs) Yeah, good, good. Everybody that I interview, everybody I talk with, all business owners, my colleagues, everybody's ready to, you know. Ready to get this thing going? So Push the reset button. That's it. That is it. So, uh, okay. Now we're going to go into a little fun Connecticut rapid fire qu- questions. The purpose of this, Jeff, it's easy, uh, but it's to really support support our community and our local businesses. You ready? Ready. All right. Favorite pizza place? We we live in the best pizza place on earth, so this should be easy for you.
1: It well, it is pretty uh, pretty much. Um, we're, I live in Westport, and Romanacci's down by the train station. Great,
0: great spot. Shout out to Romanacci's in Westport. All right, uh, are you a coffee, beer, or something else guy? And, there, and, and I'll preface this by saying we have 150 microbreweries in, in Connecticut, and we have you know coffee places galore, um, and or something else. Uh,
1: so I I love Rye Ridge Deli uh, in Westport for coffee for decaffeinated coffee. Um, Athletic Brewery is a non-alcoholic beer that uh, is in Stratford, and they're really I, you're going to hear a lot more about them. But I really like their their non-alcoholic beers, um, and I don't have a favorite Connecticut microbrewery beer.
0: No, that's good. Those are great shoutouts. So the Athletic uh, uh, microbrew is is it's all non-alcohol.
1: It's all out The whole thing is non-alcohol, and okay. it's really good. Um, good NA beer.
0: Great. Okay. So uh, Rye Ridge and and uh, Athletic Brewery. Um, all right. Let's. Uh, now we're getting back into high school sports. The kids are starting to play. If you were going to go watch a high school play any sport, which sport would it be, and which team?
1: Oh my gosh, my son played volleyball. Okay. And for a parent, there. I mean. Yeah, I know you're. A, you're a you're a kicking coach, (laughs) but, uh, I think for a parent, there's no better game to watch because your kid's in the game all the time. And, (laughs) and there's action. It's really, it's really fun.
0: Great. Right. Um, and it's funny. Here's a question for you that I think it was designed for you um, Uh and you alone. You're cleaning out your closet (laughs) and and you you're in a giving mood and you want to donate clothes. Okay. You want to donate items. Besides Goodwill, okay, yeah, because I know that's where you're going to go first. what other nonprofit might you say, hey, th- these guys are great, or these, you know, people are, are awesome people. I want to support this nonprofit.
1: Um, uh, well, Habitat for Humanity takes a lot of things that Goodwill does not, uh, or that we have a harder time dealing with, and certainly a great not-for-profit. Um, and really, most uh towns cities have homeless shelters that can take small quantities of good ones I was when I was at homes with Hope you know if somebody was cleaning out a uh, uh, store and they wanted to donate things we just couldn't handle that volume but if they were cleaning out a closet and they wanted to bring it down and give our folks first dibs before it went into the clothing bin that's a nice touch and um, so most, Most uh, shelters, I think, can use clothing.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Jeff, I want to thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Jeff can be uh, found at uh, the Western and Northern Connecticut uh, Goodwill uh, website, on Facebook, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, This guy is an absolute wealth of knowledge in the nonprofit world. He's a great leader, and um, I really appreciate you coming in, Jeff.
1: Well, thank you, Alex. This has been this has been fun.
0: Great, and and uh, finally, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Infinite Web Designs and Papa's Photography, along with BRBG Insurance. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you, and have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.